Hello and welcome to Affliction Sharecoded, a podcast where we sharecode some of the world's so-called afflictions and rate its plausibility out of a scale of 1 to 5. I'm in Kim, and today we will be sharecoding the glorification of self-care. If you watched American Psycho, you'll know Patrick Bateman's morning routine. In my opinion, it's one of the best scenes in the movie, not really because it's best, best or anything, or that it's full of action or any other component of a usual cliche movie or film industry, etc. But it really gives you an epitome of self-care. It goes something like skincare, not in this order, but app scrunches or something like that. It's a good movie, again, and aside from its literal representation of a psychotic serial killer, I'd say that it delivers a good message. Now, there are hundreds of messages to take them take from this movie, but one I'd like to pick is self-care. And yes, I did just start a podcast with a hook that comes from American Psycho. When was that made? 2001? The way I see it, old school movies are the best. There's literally nothing good these days. There's my two cents. Self-care is an incredibly cliche topic. A bunch of quotes, a bunch of channels, a bunch of books, a bunch of podcasts. Oh, look at that. Self-contradictory. All about self-care. I don't want to say that it's generic or overused in any way or in that sense overrated. But it is definitely a familiar piece of word for almost everyone at a certain age. It's brought up during a lot of speeches, right? If you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of others, you can't excel, you gotta focus. And the only way to do that is through self-care. It was brought up during one of the impromptu speaking things in my class, which I know, oh my god, this kid is still doing impromptu speech during class. What grade is she in? No comment. Let's call my classmate Bob, because why not go overboard in the clicheness of today's episode? He was talking about self-care, um, how it's interconnected with everything or something like that. I don't exactly remember what he said. It was something along those lines. To be very honest, most of his speech was incredibly repetitive. He he must have said the word interconnectedness about 20 times before his four, four minutes was over. And that actually got me thinking about a lot of things. And by the way, he confessed that he looked up a bunch of words in his two-minute prep time saying, oh my god, I didn't even know what the word interconnectedness meant. I just used it because Google said so. Oh, the times of internet. But anyways, got me thinking about a lot of things. Mental health, physical health, biorhythms, relationships, etc. You can apply to almost everything, right? Because you are yourself and you yourself cannot exist without your own regime of self-care, if that makes sense. So far, I've done some podcasts about self-care, procrastination, high expectations, coin flipping, it's on that edge, etc. And Bob's right, self-care is interconnected with everything. I could name reasons why every aspect of daily life on a day-to-day basis connects with self-care. Per Cambridge Dictionary, self-care is, quote-unquote, the practice of caring for yourself when you are ill. Or Now, I could argue with that. To be honest, I could argue with every single 
definition from Cambridge Dictionary to but to refrain myself from doing that because that would take my entire life. Let's just go by this. But being ill isn't the only thing that plagues human beings, to be very honest. Mental stress, self-consciousness, moral dilemmas, etc. There are a lot of things that plague you as a human being. I'm not going to go ahead and name everything. If you want afflictions, you can go ahead and look at my entire episodes from this podcast. But getting things done in time, making sure that you're doing what you're supposed to do. Self-care, in a nutshell, cannot exist. You know the phrase, blah, in a nutshell, parenthood in a nutshell, childhood in a nutshell. Yeah, that doesn't really apply for self-care. The shell is ruptured, or at least cracked in some way or another. Is self-care overrated or underrated? I mean, I did say that it wasn't overrated, so I'll just go along those lines again. I would say that it's perfectly rated. You can never get enough of self-care, and modern society makes sure to accentuate it enough. I have no idea if it's enough, just like I can't read anyone's mind. For me, it's adequate, enough to keep me going in real life, enough to know that self-care is important. I'm pretty sure everyone knows self-care is important. It's just that a self-revelation occurs oftentimes and you just realize, wow, self-care is a necessity. I need this to keep going. Maybe that doesn't apply for some people, maybe too young, too old to understand. I don't know. It's the air for me to breathe. But I don't know what it would feel like if I lost the air. Just like no one knows what happens after death. There's no empirical study, no statistic that can persuade me of afterlife or anything else. Maybe I'm paranoid, but come on, who isn't? So why on this fine evening sugarcoat something that is so direly needed yet not noted? Well, I'm not going to say that self-care per se is an affliction. I'm saying that the rise, narrative, glorification, whatever you want to call it, of self-care is incredibly prevailing. We can't possibly preclude the fact that that the recent way of Sigma males on video platforms is somewhat of a message of self-care, except it obscures the true meaning of it. And by the way, I'm not criticizing those videos in any way. Everyone loves those, watches those videos. And come on, feminist is not toxic. I can't say that I like this recent glorification of self-care, though. To quote Patrick Bateman, you can always be thinner, look better, and you sure can. It's amazing how this always works out. The amazing picture that we have of ourselves can actually jump out into reality with more self-care, with a little more skin care and the glorification of good skin. Yeah, sure, you look prettier. To this day, I just don't get the meaning of it. But if society, if majority rules on it, well, I gotta accept it. Unless it's some really immoral thing which I doubt. <laughs> I don't think skincare to its utmost form is the most immoral thing humanity can ever come across. But then again, going to the gym, reading a book, doing not over-exercising or anything, not stressing yourself out too much, not being inundated with too many things because you thought you could do it, but oops, guess what? You can't. That's how usually... 
things work when you put too much on your plate and you can't eat it, so too bad. But it's fine. Sometimes you need those things. Sometimes you need that little push to get you going, to actually get your life to propel forward. In that way, I guess doing a lot of things and putting a lot on your plate and stressing yourself out is self-care because you're pushing yourself, but I don't know. Maybe this definition isn't working out so well. There's no clear definition, and I I absolutely concede that to the to, from the get-go, but maybe, just maybe, it's not always a bad thing. And yes, it is an affliction, by the way. I don't know why, it just feels like it, because self-care is, in, is incredibly hard to access, to actually apply on yourself, to apply on others. I don't know how that works, but I guess you can. And the amazing picture that we have of ourselves can actually jump out into reality, as I said before. So why? In my most productive hours, when I actually want to do something, when I want to read, when I want to study, can't I turn myself into the perfect and ingenious human being that I dream to be? The answer to that question is pretty simple enough. I mean, there's nothing too simple in this world, but it's relatively simple if you know what I mean. As Courtney Carver said, when we try to juggle everything, we can't enjoy everything. I mean, I say we can because I'm juggling a lot of things and I enjoy most of those things. Enjoying everything is hard. Come on. I like debate, but I don't like math. I I don't see how a human being can like every single thing. So in that sense, the quote doesn't really make sense from the get-go, but let's just assume it's metaphorical meaning, okay? Yes, I say that maybe we can, but it's hard. It is so incredibly difficult that only the top 1%, the top 1% would struggle with accomplishing it, let alone finding pleasure from it. That is to say that self-care isn't balanced. It isn't productivity or the ability to take care of yourself. Almost no one is prescient enough to predict and prevent every horrible thing that is to come. If someone can do that, please bring them to me. I need to learn that skill, okay? But assuming that no one has superpowers in modern society, I don't think it's possible. And moving back to the speech that Bob... Actually, I want to change... This was from a girl. Another girl talked about self-care. Let's call her Mary, one of the most popular girl names in the world. Mary divided care into two things, self-care and care for others. And she categorized them like this. Self-care, whether it's selfish or not selfish, and by selfish she meant how people sometimes only take care of themselves when they're not, when they lose their integrity for the benefit of themselves and throw away the waste and dump to other people when they want the same exact thing as another person and they ignore their feelings because, well, it's self-care. It's for me, so what's the problem? The problem is people get hurt on the way, and sure, maybe that doesn't qualify as self-care, but I'm just going to do it for the sake of this podcast. And yes, care for others. You can only achieve, as she said, care for others if you care for yourself. 
And I, I'm a strong proponent of that. Maybe it's not true in some sense that, well, maybe people find self-care from helping others, which doesn't really apply to me, okay? But yeah, maybe sometimes people find pleasure from helping others. It's a common thing. Maybe there isn't, maybe there's such a thing called true altruism, which I'm, I don't really want to believe it. Oh, look at that. I'm a realist. Self-care is to know how to enjoy yourself. It's how the joy that we all want is reached and attained, and we make it feasible for us to reach it in the first place. And mind you, this isn't my forte. I don't know how ultimate joy is reached. Until then, the best thing I can do is sit back and relax until a self-revelation or something hits me in the back of my head and I can finally find self-care. Social media doesn't give a damn about self-care. But the glorification of self-care gives me the lesson needed. That your method of self-care shouldn't be from a scrawny little kid like myself trying to make a podcast. Don't listen to my advice. That's all I have to say about self-care. Instead, find what makes you happy. In my 14 years of life, 13, I guess, that's the one thing I learned. Pretty stupid, but... You'll be surprised when you start. I give the share coding of self-care a three. This podcast was written and produced by me, Minnie Kim. If you have any comments or reviews, please feel free to write any and all thoughts on your podcast reviews. If you would like to suggest an affliction for me to share code, please email me via afflictionsharecoded at gmail.com. Try exploring what self-care is for you. Maybe you find something, maybe you don't. Until then, I'll be here again next month. Have a good one.